Welcome to the newest Final Frame podcast. It's an offshoot of that. Um, it's been a few years. It kind of took a little bit of hiatus, but I'm back. My name is Ethan, and I'm with a friend of mine, my friend Mason. Mason, say hello. Hey, guys. Uh, we uh, both have a love for Jackie Chan, and so we decided to kind of do an offshoot, our own ret- Jackie Chan retrospective podcast, and it's entitled Chatting About Chan. First of all, who are we? Uh, my name is Ethan. I have a blog that I haven't updated in a while called The Final Frame, and basically I just review movies, and also I'm hoping to write some small editorial pieces just kind of on the state of the movie industry and stuff because there's a lot happening right now, which is really interesting. And I I love film, and I'm here with my friend Mason. Mason, could you introduce yourself and say who you are? Yeah, sure. So my name is Mason. I, uh, I'm i a musician. Uh, I'm in a band, Catskin, which did the theme song that you just heard. Awesome. Uh, and also uh, I do... Dabble. I have another podcast as well, Hidden Seekers. Um, Which I've listened to, and it's really good. Yeah, uh, I'm just excited to be a part of this project. Yeah, I, I like movies a lot. I'm not quite a buff. I'm not the buff level. No, you're like you're, you're a buff level. You're a bu- like I'm a I'm at like buff god level because I just have no life. So it's really when I meet someone who can name a director, then you're a buff. But how many times have you actually seen Citizen Kane? <laughs> Once. Yeah, see, you're not quite a <laughs> God-level buff, I the, wouldn't excuse say. Excuse me, I watched Lars von Trier films and Ingmar Bergman. I'm a buff, okay? I'm a buff. Or is a movie buff someone who watches Michael Bay movies and only blockbusters? Is there a difference between a film... I think movie, if you refuse... Movie, to, mo- is there a difference between a movie buff and a film buff? Do you refuse... If you refuse to watch those movies, then you're God-tier buff. See, I don't think you're quite God-tier. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lover of all art. Demigod. So I watch anything. No, yeah. isn't Demigod above... God, I feel like a, no, it's like a half god or whatever, oh, right? Okay. So then, I don't again, know. I'm, then I'm I'm pseudo god. Yeah. Uh, so moving next, um, why are we doing this? Basically, Mason and I kind of bonded over our love for Jackie Chan, and it happened because um, just a little background on my life. I grew up overseas as a kid. I spent the first ten years of my life in Asia, and that was actually at the peak of Jackie Chan's career. I would say more or less. Um, like early it, 90s? It was mid-90s. So I lived in Hong Kong from 89 to 94, and I was from the ages of six months to five, I want to say. And then I moved to Singapore from when I was age six to 11. So I was in Singapore from 95 to 2000. So we got all of his movies, of course, always on TV, big deals when they came out in the cinema. And just living in Singapore is such a small island, you know, it's impossible to not watch and hear about Jackie Chan. And my dad was a big Jackie Chan fan as well, and it just became a big part of my life. I love, like, he's, you know, it just, when you see him as a kid especially, it blows your mind. So were your friends like, oh, you got to come see this guy? Did your friends show you him? Or no, was it, your it was dad? definitely my dad. Yeah. And I don't know if my friends were as into him as I was. Um, I was always, like, the second a new Jackie Chan movie was out the video store, I got it. Like, there was no hesitation. And... Going back every summer, you know, we would spend, we had about two to three months off for summer break, and I go back to the States, nobody knew who Jackie, I started watching Jackie films when I was probably around seven years old, nobody knew who he was, even when he started becoming an actor Rush Hour, I think people just only knew him from Rush Hour, so that was. Still kind of that way. Yeah. I mean, I think he's bigger now, but I bet most people were like, oh yeah, Jackie Chan Rush Hour. That's true. 
And yeah, so that's how I got into Jackie Chan. You know, that's where my love for him developed. How, so I'm so when I met. So the point I'm getting at is, I don't meet a lot of people who are really into Jackie Chan. If you're not, you know, if you didn't live in Asia, if you're not a big film buff. So Mason, how how did you get into Jackie Chan? Because we so basically Mason and I bonded over this because I don't meet a lot of people who are into Jackie Chan. So we had a connection through that. So Mason, how did you get into Jackie Chan? Well, um, you know, I grew up a big fan of physical comedy, slapstick comedy. I'd say my dad was the Three Stooges guy that brought me into the Three Stooges and grew up watching a ton of Stooges. Uh, I'd say around seven or eight, probably same age, I got into Jackie Chan. Don't remember exactly what happened. Um, I do have other very close childhood friends that probably got me into it. My friend Paul probably showed me my first Jackie Chan movie, uh, I have no idea what that would have been. It was probably, you know, First Strike or uh, one of those. I mean, First Strike was really his first big American movie, right? Was it really? I don't know. I mean, I think he, that was the one. That's the one that they kind of re because that was Police Story three or four, four that they remade. They were kind of just rebranded it as First Strike. I think that was his first, like, you know, that was his first attempt at like breaking into the American market. I think. I, so I'm, just, I'm, I just assumed Rush Hour was. I'm sure that's probably where I got my first song. But uh, yeah, I, then I just I became obsessed, you know, in my early teens and mm-hmm. kind of always stuck around. I mean, I just think he's a great actor. I think he's, I mean, obviously he's an incredible stuntman, but he's just, I don't know, he has an infectious energy that I just It's a natural, he has a natural knack for entertaining and pushing the envelope. So before we dive into his entire catalog, this is the first episode. Oh, we didn't even say what we're doing. So in this first episode of Chatting About Chan, we're going to watch every single Jackie Chan movie where he's billed as an actor. So the ones that he's uncredited as or featured as an extra, we're not going to watch. Yeah, we saw we went through his, you know, his history, his IMDb record and we saw he's I mean he's got whatever Tons of movies. We didn't. We don't even know what the number is. Yeah, it's but uh, number, it's like 143. The, in the 70s, he was in a lot of movies where he was in uncredited roles, and those movies are also very hard to track down. Mm-hmm. So we basically looked at like where, what movies did he actually get assigned a role in? Right. And so that's those are the ones we're tackling. The first movie we're talking about that Jackie Chan is ever credited in. He's eight years old, I believe, and the movie is called. For Jackie Chan's first movie ever is called Big and Little Long Tin Bar. <laughs> Mason and I found this online. And YouTube. Just, well, here's some backstory. Jackie Chan's first, his first film appearance ever. He's eight years old. Apparently, Samuel Hung might be in the movie as well, which is pretty awesome. Uh, also, a little background on Jackie. He went to, like, opera school or something, Chinese opera Seven school. Seven Little Fortunes. Seven Little Fortunes. Seven school, yeah. As well, basically, they, they, to make this movie, they pulled in a bunch of students from this Seven Little Fortunes oh, really? school. So okay. there's in the movie, there's basically six or seven kids that are featured, and there are three that are kind of like the main characters, mm-hmm. and he's not one of those three. That's so interesting. So it's it's hard, sort of hard. It's sort of tough. You don't get much Jackie in this film is what I'm saying. Well, dude, you can't – I can't – I couldn't tell you which one was Jackie. He's so young. Yeah. And neither is Samo. Like, Samo is a pretty big guy, but maybe as a kid he wasn't. So the movie's called Big and Little Wongton Bar. Mason and I found a copy, of the, a copy of the entire film on YouTube, and what's interesting is someone had written that apparently this was uploaded April 28th, 2016, and then until that time it was lost. The film was lost, and I guess people 
diehard Jackie, Jackie Chan fans had talked about the lost, the air quotes, lost Jackie Chan movie, his first movie ever. Someone found it and uploaded it onto YouTube. I found a clip that had been uploaded a few years prior saying, like, I'm throwing it up here now just to keep it safe. It's like a four-minute clip from the movie. They're like, oh, the whole movie's lost, but here's a clip, so now it's not going to be lost forever. Uh, some f- interesting comments in the comment section of the of the movie where some people are saying, oh, I wonder if Jackie's seen this, or I wonder if he knows that this exists. So that would that's pretty funny. I do wonder if Jackie Chan has any interest in watching this movie ever again. But, yeah, so enough of that. First movie is called Big and Little Wong Tim Bar. There are no subtitles. Mason and I both watched it separately the entire movie, I was I had a hard time watching it because basically the entire reason black and white, it was made in 1962? 61. 1961. Very simple filmmaking. So the entire movie is pretty much just people talking. The martial arts that does happen on screen is very simple. It's very slow. There's no... There's, almost no editing during these scenes. The opening scene in the movie is like, it takes place in a restaurant. It's 20 minutes long. It's a Godfather-esque. Very Godfather-esque, yeah. (laughs) It takes place, it's like, no, again, like you'll have 10 people crammed on screen in frame and there's no cutting. And it's just people talking and talking and talking. It seems to me that maybe the plot is a prince uh, or a young man who's the sort of the, part of this big family, which includes um, maybe seven or eight young boys that are apparently acrobats or maybe uh, fighters in training, uh, and maybe has a crush on this other girl uh, who's a young woman in another rich family. And apparently, it seems to me that the families are feuding, but they dine in the same restaurant. And I think uh, there's a scene where the kids break into the woman's home and they steal a uh, something off the wall, which looks like a, you know, a fancy T-shirt, and they pin a note on the wall with a dagger. And I, so I'm thinking they're trying to create a situation where their father or older brother can be a hero and impress this girl. That's, that was my initial take on the story. But it doesn't look like I was right because there's a retaliatory uh, similar framing job that goes on where a different character steals something else from a small box to uh he does something similar and that part makes no sense and then there's also a scene towards the end where they cross like um like the smoky swamp and then fight two like lizard creatures and then there's another like 30 or 40 minutes after that where there's more arguing and there's never really any reconciliation between any of the characters there's no embracing it's easy just it's either talking or like kind of slow motion fighting and so i don't know what's going on part of the movie felt like a highlight reel for these children to show off their their kung fu and gymnastics skills because they're doing they're constantly doing flips constantly like if you're walking they're walking across the hall they do flips across the hall they also do a lot of like weird like jumps like off frame like superman jumps into the air which is weird. Like, they're just constantly doing this. So what happens, the movie's just a lot of talking, and I just kind of lost track of what was happening. And, um, yeah, I, I think Mason did a good job summarizing it. I would say that, all right, so now let's zone in on the movie, the film itself, and talk about certain elements. So basically, as I said before, 
there's very little editing. There's no cutting to different angles. They cram as many actors as they can into the frame, which was, which is annoying but simplistic. Obviously, they didn't have, probably have no budget for this film. So now you've heard Mason and I's take on the movie. Like honestly, without subtitles, there's very little to say, without repeating ourselves. So here, Mason, I've pulled up a few different summaries. I googled it. Oh, okay. I googled the movie Big and Little. Did you look, did you look these up before this? No, I did not. I just did promise? it. Promise? No. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> I have no idea. Dude, I have no idea. Big from Wikipedia says Big and Little Wong Tin Bar, also known as Seven Little Valiant Fighters slash Two of a Kind, is a 1962 Hong Kong film. The film is notable for being Jackie Chan and Samuel Hung's debut. Until 2016, the film was considered lost. All right. Well, that's what it says on the sidebar. Here for IMDb, it says. Action. A child learns martial arts to become a kung fu warrior. One day, he meets an old beggar who offers to teach Jackie how to fight. Is this... No. Is this the same movie? Doesn't sound like it. I clicked on the link and it brings me to the movie on IMDb. Anyways, on IMDb it says, A child learns martial arts to become a kung fu warrior. I think it's more than one child, though. Yeah, there's like seven. Seven. I'm looking right now online, guys. I don't see anything else. Yeah, that's what it says right here on on Wikipedia, too. Um, I don't think these people have watched the film. Yeah. So let me go through the comments on the movie on YouTube here. Some of them I'm just going to skip over because they're just jokes. Some people said, how did you manage to dig this movie up? Rumor has it that it was long lost. How long until someone copyrights the video, though? First of all, thank you a million times for this. I've been looking for it as long as I can remember, blah, blah, blah. Even Chan himself said it was lost and there were no remaining copies, yet you have found one somehow. On the other hand, because of its rarities, I wish you had never uploaded it and that I could purchase a copy somehow. But anyways, I'm grateful <laughs> to you and wish you and your family good health and happiness. How did the film resurface? So that's pretty interesting. Also, throughout the comments, you have people posting timestamps of when they think Jackie Chan is on screen. And no one really knows. No one knows. And the, the quality's low. I mean, it was filmed in low resolution and uploaded in an even lower resolution, so it's really hard to say. Yeah. No idea. Well, yeah. So Jackie Chan's first movie, pretty interesting, pretty cool, to be honest. I remember when I was learning about Jackie's history years ago or just you know watching one of those things on TV specials about Jackie Chan – I just assumed he didn't start making movies until his teen years, like maybe I would say 16 at the earliest when he would start being recruited for films. So I, I am surprised that he was his first movie ever was at eight years old. Oh, you found something? I found another. I found a better synopsis. Oh, please tell me. Okay. This is from superchanblog.blogspot.com. Superchan. Respected master Wong Sam Tai is holding a banquet for chivalrous warriors from the four seas. Uh, Tin Ba finds some flimsy excuse to decline but is drawn to his future bride among the guests uh, Bitter Cam and Daughter avenge the humiliation by stealing the Jade Seal which belongs to the King of Magic Might and frames Tin Ba for the crime when Tin Ba fails to surrender the stolen seal his father is put behind bars he walks into a booby trap at Blackwind For- Fortress during a night search with Tin Ba, but the timely appearance of the seven little rascals saves her from the capture by the helmsman and assists their daunting quest 
to retrieve the jade seal from the deadly dragon cave guarded by a poisonous python. It wasn't a python. It, wasn't it, was python. Like a, it, was a it had legs lizard. and stuff. Wait, wait. How did they get into the cave? Kwai Lan and the seven little rascals escort the culprits to surrender as part of their rescue mission at the Lord's residence, thus settling the dispute once and for all. Uh, so that's about right. The how, seven wow, little kids pretty, were like magical or something. How did you? I didn't even. That didn't come. Jackie Super Chan, whatever, didn't come up on my search. I got this Google skills. Yeah, you do. Comments have been disabled for this entry for this hmm. post. Well. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's much more we can say about this movie. <laughs> I would. You recommend seeing this film? No. If it, if there were subtitles, maybe. Hey, if you're a Jackie head, I'd, dec- I'd recommend it, but I would say it's inessential. It's, it, no, it's not. I think I would say skip ahead. <laughs> no way. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I would be really curious. If we, Jackie, if you're listening to this, I would love, you know, you should go watch it again. I'd love to hear what Jackie Chan has to say about this movie if you rewatch. I'd love to have a commentary track of him talking about his experience. Him and Samo. Him and Samo talking about that um, experience. Oh, yeah. So. That would be interesting. So here we go. This is just phase part one of our journey. It's gonna get. It's gonna be very interesting. Again, I don't know which one Jackie was in the movie, so I can't tell you how good his skills was. So moving on from here, we're gonna go from 1961 to Jack to the first movie Jackie Chan was billed as a star. It's called in Chinese. It's called Ding Tian Li Di or Fist of Anger. It's a historical movie set during the Japanese occupation of China during World War II in which a group of Chinese rebels tries to oust the Japanese forces from a small town. So this was May 1973, so 30 years after World War II. Sounds a little propagandy to me, but, uh, you know, very nationalist. This was, of course, during when Mao was ruling. It's going to be interesting to, to see his evolution to when he like, started trademark, like, uh, trademarking himself in his own style, you know. Go from an 8-year-old to early 20-year-old, right? Yeah. And you know what's interesting, Mason? You, are you aware of anyone who tried to rip off Jackie Chan? Because I'm not. I don't think it's possible to rip off Jackie Chan. But when he became famous, like, first of all, he became famous in the 70s. That lasted 80s and 90s. People must have tried to be the next Jackie Chan. The only one I can think of is Tony Jaa. Tony and, Jaa rocks. No, but he's man, not he's Jackie way Chan. too repetitive. Way too repetitive. And he doesn't have any charisma. No, he has zero personality. And he has one move, and that's using his knee. I think he's great. He's, Tony he, Jaa, if you're listening, I love you. You do. He does, you're not Jackie Chan, but you're, you're not, great. He does Muay Thai fighting, which is just using your knee to butt to like ram into people. And it's, if it's I funny. if I met you, I'd give you a little toy statue of an elephant. He was rumored to be the next Jackie Chan, and Jackie Chan even made an appearance in Tom Young Goon when they were walking in the airport, and they like bumped into each other on the walkway. Remember that it was a little nod to like passing on the torch. What but, about uh, the uh, Kung Fu Hustle guy? No, not he made one movie with kung fu in it. Stephen Chow. Stephen Chow. He, I mean, he's but he has he's a, a contender for Stephen Chow has the next own, Jackie Chan. No, he has because Stephen Chow is Stephen. He has his own brand. He has his own brand of humor and comedy and style. He doesn't specialize in fighting. I mean, who, there's no one else closer than that for the next Jackie Chan. You know, I'm gonna well, Jet, I guess Jet Li. Not, but Jet Li is more of a contemporary. Of Jackie. Yeah, but you know, but I definitely if, back then in the '90s. The only other person, I, it was always it was either Jet Li or Jackie Chan, completely different styles. Jet Li was much more serious and more violent. Uh, there was also, of course, Chow Yun-Fat, but he was more of a Hollywood action star, I'd say. 
choreographed shooting sequences and things like that. Yeah, not even close. Not even close. But he he's still fun to watch. Uh, we're kind of dragging on. Anyways, thank you for listening to our first episode, for tuning in, uh, talking about Jackie Chan's first movie ever. Jackie, if you're listening, I hope you enjoyed it, and hopefully we'll have you on the show one day. This is movie one of over 100. <laughs> Mason, thank you for joining me. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back in our next episode with Fist of Anger. See you next week. See you next week.